Yeah, so that, <laughs> that whole thing that we had trouble with last time was basically boiled down to me putting one thing in the wrong hole. Hey, it happens. And then this week I put it in the right hole and magic happened. Just ever, everything's more comfortable. In a matter of speaking, yes. But officially now, you guys are on your own track. So, oh, wow. Yes. And I can monitor the levels between the two of us, and what I'm seeing right now is that mine's a little louder than yours, so I'm just going to casually bend over here and turn myself down just a tick. Yeah, and you, then we'll uh, get rolling with, uh, hey, episode 114, tell me where to turn. Who are you guys? back a little bit. Well, I'm uh, Glenn. You can find me at Glenn3 underscore 11 on Twitter.com. <laughs> Twitter.com, crack me up, I'm sorry. Uh, so official. Uh, you can find me at Point Break underscore Dave on Twitter. And you can find me at Tommy2 underscore zero. And you can find the show on Twitter at Where to Turn Pod. So, hey guys, anything interesting happened today? <laughs> uh, man. Just kind of been a oh, normal what a day. day for us. Yeah. This hey. is this is the uh, off-air conversation of the <laughs> of the century. So totally unrelated to that. Did you guys know? And this is again completely unrelated to that. Did you guys know that I save an archive of every one of our shows in the Dropbox? I think I, I did that. that. Yeah, it's crazy. So then, like, if we ever needed to go back to a show and see how it was recorded or edited, we could totally do that. It's crazy, isn't it? It's good. Yeah. It's a good resource stuff. to have. Yeah, good to see you guys too. So what do you think? Are we going to get this wall built or what? <laughs> That's your tool whenever you're running for city council there and whatever uppity city in Tennessee that you live in. You're like, oh, yeah, episode 71, minutes 21 to 30. They've got to go. <laughs> Too many good people on both sides arguments were made. <laughs> Did you guys, uh, are you guys familiar with my favorite Democratic candidate right now? Uh, uh, Robert? Robert Francis? No. This guy has Uh, a, this guy has a name that there's no way you could handle, Glenn. Is it Julian Castro? (laughs) No. This guy's name is Peter Buttigieg. Okay. So his name is essentially Peter Butt. <laughs> and if that wasn't enough, he's also a member of the homosexual community. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. But I'm saying, if you have that name, like not being a member of that community is probably the outlier, right? <laughs> so every... Do you think- that- that last name, everyone in that family tree from now into perpetuity has to be gay. No, I'm thinking that you couple that with the first name Peter. That's that's my yeah. that's my contention here. Like I think, think there's there's things you could go with that maybe counteract that to some degree, but uh but yeah, if you're gonna go all in and, and go with the name Peter, I think uh yeah, I think odds are pointing in that favor. I just wonder if it was one of those situations like when they named the child that they didn't like Little say Dave. it all together, you know? Like they didn't really get an they didn't huddle about it and 
kind of plan this out what what could happen how could this go wrong type of thing right or you know like when when you think you've come up with a really good name for your child but then you write out their initials and you realize it spells like a highly offensive word <laughs> you might need a, like a hyphenated name because you need four you need four initials for the most part do you think trump would have a field day in a in a debate, he's going against Peter Butt. <laughs> is it is it bad that I really want this guy to get the nomination, not because I think he's very articulate and smart, which I actually do, but just because I want to hear what Trump's going to say about it? <laughs> he just makes no point. He's just like, <laughs> look at this guy. His name's Peter Butt. You going to vote for that? Come on. Get out of here. It's terrible. It's terrible. Come on. It's terrible. Yeah, it's, he's got the worst name of all time. It's a terrible name. It's a terrible name. Wow, D- dueling Trump impersonations. What, That's right. What a day. It's, it's a, is it is it eight forty? No, it's eight fifty five. We're one segment late for that kind of for that kind of uh, talent. Yeah. Well, we had to have that off air discussion. You know. It's true. It's very to, important to clear the air when there's controversy surrounding the uh, the podcast. So, why is that the Always. truth? Speaking of controversy, I've got a controversial story for you guys. I told you, I guess it's been two episodes ago about the Hummer, which <laughs> quick, quick update on that. Nothing's been done about it and it's still being said. No okay, intervention. So been for done. anyone who, who's, who's never listened to the show before, this is someone, the last name Hummer at your work and somebody's saying, Hey, they're, you're getting a Hummer or something like that. Basically. Trying to be yeah. funny. But okay. they don't know what they're actually saying. So they're right. just, yeah. That's still I think we know our listeners listen to every minute of every episode. So, this is going to... I don't remember if I said this before, but if you let this just lie, this is eventually... It's going to blow up in your face. <laughs> As most Hummers ultimately do. You've got to, you've got to do something about this. I'm, I'm getting around to it. I'm, just, I'm working up the courage, okay? I'm working up the courage. Okay. Then I'm going to make something happen. But I've had All another right. had another controversial controversial incident, and this is one I was not involved in directly, but it involves somebody who again reports up through my team, which makes me indirectly responsible. Have you seen The Big Lebowski? Great movie. Uh, yeah, I've seen it before, not many times, but I've seen it. So there's a lot of I mean, there's a lot of scenes in that movie that are reenacted and talked about. Something that's never mentioned, but is a part of the movie that's just a really random non sequitur part of the movie is when the dude's landlord invites him to come watch his play and it's him doing these just weird interpretive dance yeah. numbers to an empty auditorium. Yeah. You remember that scene? Okay. I do. So there's a guy, a guy on my team that fancies himself as a, uh, amateur playwright and actor. So he wrote a play. <laughs> wait, wait a second. He fancies himself as an amateur playwright and actor. Okay. Yeah. Well, so do I. <laughs> it's amateur status. Yeah. Well, not this podcast. This podcast is, I think, after 100 episodes, has reached professional status. Oh, it's definitely from the heart. There's nothing fake about this thing. Isn't there, <laughs> is there a new guy on Twitter that's going through and listening to our entire show, like, top to bottom, and is giving us feedback on, like, 100 episodes <laughs> ago right now? Yeah, it's yes, Justin. It's awesome. Okay, yeah. I'm a big fan of Justin, by the way. Because, first of all, he loves Friday Night Lights talk, which he's never seen one second of Friday Night Lights, but he's so excited by my reviews. 
I'm on board with this guy. The amateur playwright, he apparently also lost a lot of money, but he, he put on a play that nobody showed up for in a... Uh, in Hold a th- on. Are those connected? <laughs> <laughs> Just any play? Wow. I'm going to move on. He invited the majority of the staff to come see his play, which you know how those things go with work, right? That's, that's always a dicey proposition, but if it's not like the manager, or the, you know, somebody at the top level where you, where you feel like you're compelling people that they have to show up, you know? So this guy's at the, at the staff level. So he's written this play, but everybody, a lot of people on the staff to be nice decided they would go see his play because they felt, you know, I guess they felt sorry, not sorry for him, but you know, they wanted to support him, but guys a little bit eccentric and he, you know, to be clear, this is he wrote this play. This is not, you know, that they decided to go um, put on the Lion King or something here. Like this is a play he wrote. So was having lunch with some coworkers today that had gone to see the play. I guess a little bit ago, whenever it took place, and they were like, "Yeah, so that was kind of awkward." And I said, "Well, what do you so mean?" Can I can I guess? I, if you can guess this, then then you're you've you've got a lot of deviant behavior in you. But go ahead. Full frontal nudity. No, but okay. that is a that's a heck of a guess. Machine mask. <laughs> Apparently, this guy. Now again, to think about yourself in your work environment. I got you. He wrote a play and then thought it'd be a good idea to write, invite all of his friends. Again, his original work, the, the subject matter of the play was pedophilia. Is that a good idea? Like, like he was play of him doing a research project or (laughs) no, like uh, the, one of the main characters in the play was a pedophile. Like how many number one albums did he have? <laughs> yeah, did he read the? Did he close by reading the Barbara Streisand quote of, "Hey, that <laughs> <laughs> guy, you know, I mean, hey, yeah, they didn't die. <laughs> they got married now. Kids, they're I don't even fine. know what you're talking about. Yeah, everybody so, wins. So, so a couple of things. Note to self is if he writes another play and invites me, I'm not going. And they allowed him to do this at Casa Mignano. <laughs> Not everything takes place at Casa Mignano. Oh, I feel like sorry. if we have to educate Dave about one thing in his life, it's that not every single play happens at Casa Mignano. You know, I sent him, I sent him, we, we saw, I told you we saw Mumford and Sons last weekend and they were playing like in the middle of the arena in the round. So I sent Dave a video of it and he says, wow, I can't believe they're playing at Casa Mignano. This is now becoming default humor for him. Oh, it's very, very default. But, but seriously, though, again, outside of working hours, but who, what, what kind of thought process do you go through to invite coworkers to a play that you wrote with that subject matter? And again, me as the leader, while I'm having the Hummer conversation, do I need to just go ahead and go two for one here and be like, oh, yeah, and by the way, if you're going to write a play about pedophiles maybe don't invite the whole staff to come see it wow 
Man, I don't know. I think this one might be too hot to touch. This might be, uh, <laughs> hey, what you do outside of this office is your business. If it's within the realms of the law, then well, it's art. Fine. This was art, you know. Yeah, that's true, too. It's art. Yeah, it's art. So I've been telling people for years. That has to, if you were one of the coworkers that went, that's like one of those, you know, whatever, if you want to call it work obligations where you walk in and you're like, there's nothing that can make this worse. And then the play starts and you're like, oh, I was wrong. Well, it's, it's funny because the person that was explaining it to me, I guess that they had to have it at some real low rent theater and they, they couldn't afford or didn't have the right to turn on the heating so it was one of those really cold nights during the winter. So they said that inside the theater it was about 38 to 40 degrees and they were like passing out these like mangy blankets to people to try to make them comfortable. And yeah, one of the spouses that had got invited made some similar comment of like, I can't imagine this being any worse. And yeah. <laughs> and so then they, they regretted like uh, making that play? comment. What's that? Was this just him or did no, he have like... No, there was, there was a, a cast that actually featured other people that worked in the company, not in our department, that had uh, kind of helped assist in the, I guess maybe even in the writing and then for sure the production and execution of the play. Oh, well, I think this needs to be done at the next all-hands team meeting. <laughs> was, the there, was there a kid in the play? <laughs> no, it was all adults. Okay. So... Okay. I feel like that makes so it, it just, makes it all better, right? It was just implied. The, the P word was just implied. So here's what I'm thinking how I'm going to handle it is tomorrow probably I'm going to call him and Hummer person into a meeting at the same time. And then like right before I'm about to get into it, I'm just going to totally panic and be like, so how are you guys brackets looking? <laughs> <laughs> That's just going to be it. That's all I got. It's a good plan. It's a good plan. Hey, uh, I was going to bring this up last week, and then we, we ran out of time. Um, did you guys read the article that came out about uh, 9-11 killed the Forrest Gump sequel? Oh, no. But I also don't have a Google alert set up for 9-11 like you do, apparently. It's true. So, uh, long story short... Uh, I guess the guy who wrote the screenplay for the first for, for Forrest Gump wrote uh, one for a sequel and turned it in to the uh, movie producer, distributor, however that works. Story's getting on, real shaky sounding. I don't know titles. I just know sequence of events. So he turned it in on September 10th, 2001. Finished the screenplay for the sequel to Forrest Gump. And apparently, uh, first off, uh, in the in the original, Jenny dies, but it's never revealed what killed her. Well, this confirms that it was AIDS that killed her. And basically, one of the storylines was Forrest Kid has AIDS, or HIV. And one of the storylines is like how he's not accepted at school, and kids and parents don't want their kids going to school with him, and whatever, and they explore all that. I don't know if this also means that Forrest had AIDS, but his kid had had AIDS in the sequel, and then of course they had him uh, involved in various historical events in the sequel. One, he was there was going to be a scene where he's in the white Bronco with OJ and Al Cowlings, <laughs> and that that basically he's in the white Bronco, 
and that every time it's just coincidental that every time a camera on the news coverage focused on it, he had been he'd look up and then he just had ducked his head down. This can't they be a real see there story. Was a third person in the vehicle. Um, this can't be real. No, no, no. This was this is legit. This is what was the screenplay that was that was put together. Didn't the original and, Forrest Gump win an Academy uh, Award? Oh yeah, it was Best Picture. So so what are they doing? They're trying to turn the second one into like just something that you and I would have made up. <laughs> so there was like a couple other things that he was involved in, but I can't I can't recall. But the thing that like the big the big pop in this sequel was going to be. At some point, he ends up in Oklahoma, and he falls. He, he ends up being like a, a bingo number caller, like on this Native American reservation. This is the kid? No, no, no. Forrest. Okay. Kid's got AIDS. He's got no hope. <laughs> I, with all due respect. Right. I mean, Magic's the real fine. thing. He not might, the, he might not be the okay. Magic Johnson AIDS. <laughs> um. So anyway, so he's he's living in the Oklahoma area, and one of the things is like this. I guess this woman that he's fallen for works in Oklahoma City, and he waits for her on the park bench like every day, and then he's waiting on a bench because she works in this federal building, and then all of a sudden that that federal building explodes, and that was like I think one of the key you know scenes in it. Well. This gets turned in. What they've got all this written. Well, once nine eleven occurred, they kind of thought, you know, that's not one that's not really going to carry the impact we were looking for because everybody's going to be like, yeah, um, that's not doing much for us because you know nine eleven just occurred, um, and I think otherwise they were probably like, I don't know if people are going to want to see that. We've just gone through this other tragedy, so why are we? Uh, bringing this one up from the from the 90s again. So, but if 9/11 doesn't occur, that sequel gets made without a doubt. And that Tom Hanks Tom Hanks was going to be in it. They were going to re- recast him with uh Jeremy Renner or somebody just go down the food chain a little bit. I think uh Martin Lawrence was going to play Forest and sequel. I thought you were going to say that after 9-11 happened, they're like, oh, shoot, we're going to have to rewrite this whole scene. <laughs> they're going to, yeah, they're just going to have him in, in New York City <laughs> sitting on a park bench, just kind of looks up. So that's that a Forrest like Gump a, story. Sounds like a terrible movie, by the way. Dave, are you doing okay? <clears throat> Dude, the uh, allergies in Austin, man. Oak. Oh, uh, yes. Oak. I've been told to, uh, I've been to an ENT before, bragging montage, and I was told, based on what I'm allergic to, that I should never move to Central Texas or the Hill Country, or I would be miserable most of the year. Wow. What I've learned this week is that Austin and I believe somewhere in Hawaii is where they go and test allergy medicines, because like the allergens are the highest in those two places wow okay never heard that so how was uh how was golf today dude golf was uh golf was good were you uh striking your irons pure as they say hitting them straight (laughs) no i was hitting about one out of ten straight (laughs) but uh you guys want to hear a quick credit card fraud story 
Did you commit credit card fraud? No, but first, I think I'm going to go ahead and say we're probably batting a thousand here. Has everyone had their credit card compromised at some point? Yeah, more than more than once, I'm afraid. I think Glenn's frozen. Well, we'll just assume he said yes. Okay, because I think that's a pretty uh, common day occurrence. So, happened to me. Got the uh, got the text saying, "Hey, did you make a? Did you buy?" It's like a little over six hundred dollars at some camera store in New York. So, reply back, no. They're like, "All right, whatever. Standard procedure, right?" <clears throat> they uh, send a. They cancel the card, send a new one. So they send me the new card. They're going to, the transaction went through, but they're going to refund it. So I'm checking my account and the transaction was $624. And then they refund it $599. All right. So I'm like, well, all right. So whatever, tax didn't get added. Well, that's, so I call them. That's huh? not, I mean, that's not right, though. They should make make you whole, as they oh, say. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. So I called them 35 minutes on the phone because you can see how long the call was. Finally get someone that's like, okay, yeah, I see what happened. We'll fix it. Cool. Check the account a few days later. Credit for the 624, the right amount. The credit for the five hundred ninety nine is still on there, so now I'm essentially making six hundred bucks off so the you're, credit card. So you're you're winning now. I'm winning, so I'm like, all right, they're gonna fix this. So I let it go over a week. I let it go ten days, waiting for them to correct it, and they never did. So, and, and this is not in the pending state, no, right? I mean, because. A lot of people will get tripped up by things showing up and pending and think like, oh, this merchant double charged me, whatever, but then it's just pending and then it all falls off. No, it was in pending. This happened like mid-February. So it was in pending and then went to, you know, whatever finalized or whatever the transaction list is and was there for over 10 days. So in addition to Point Break Dave, some people call me Honest Dave. So I call the credit card company back up and um, basically, hey, you guys double credited me for you know this fraud charge. I'm on the phone for 45 minutes. Trying to give them $600 back. Yeah. That's so unbelievable. tell me this. At what point do you just hang up and you're like, I tried. My time's worth more than this. Well, no. And, I, and, and you know, I had, I had a very similar thing happen to me about nine months ago, and I ended up in the exact same position you were in. So I, I bought a bicycle online from Dick's Sporting Goods. So I went through the process. So the, when you buy a bike, you do, can do in-store pickup. So the, 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 it, was, you know, it, was, it was a middle-of-the-range bike. It's probably about the same amount of money you're out. Put in, the, put in the credit card, and it shows up in pending. And then when I go to pick up the bike, I go in the store. The guy goes through the safety demonstration with me. I sign the paperwork that says, you know, I received the bike. Their employees took the bike out, put it in my car. Well, I guess what they, at some point, forgot to actually confirm in the computer system that I got the bike. So they gave me the bike. So I got an email from Dick Sporting Goods, I guess, like seven days later, and it said, 
your time has elapsed to pick up your bike. We're sorry. Um, you know, if you want to buy it again, um, you know, whatever is like, if you want to buy it again, go and, and, uh, and buy it. So I'm like, okay, I go look at my credit card and the charge is gone. So now I've got a free bike. So I'm like, okay. So I kind of did the same thing as you. I said, you know what? I'm going to wait because I'm thinking that maybe they, you know, they reconcile at the end of the month. So I, I essentially wait about 14 days and nothing happens. So then I think, well, I, this is, this is good. I'll call, um, Dick Sporting Goods and just tell them, you know, that we screwed up. Well, if you call to report an issue with the order, you have to have an order number, but the order number I have isn't valid anymore because they canceled it because I never bought the bike. So I could never get through. I tried pushing zero. I couldn't get anybody. So then I sent an email to like their contact us form on the website and said, Hey, you know, I owe you guys some money. Never heard anything back. So now we're probably over 30 plus days into the ordeal and still nothing. So I, I kind of got to the point where you and I was like, okay, I'm going to try one more thing. And if this doesn't work, I'm just going to keep the bike for free. So you know what I did is I tweeted at their corporate dicks account and said, <laughs> At Dicks, <laughs> you think they ever anybody ever sends them anything funny? I'm sure. So I tweeted the I tweeted the corporate account, um, and I say, look, I I think I owe you guys some money. Whatever. Well, then all of a sudden they jump on it, and over the course of you know a couple of days, we uh, we get it resolved, and I end up paying the money. But yeah, I felt like the same way as you. Like my my commitment to honesty at some point was about to run out. So what did you end up did you end up doing after 45 minutes? Did you just hang it up and say thanks for the money? No, what was funny is like they were and I think the reason it took 45 minutes was the initial credit, I guess the 599 was on the card that was defrauded. So they canceled that card and sent me a new one. So then they put the $624 credit on the new card. And because it was a different card number, like they couldn't, like essentially they would have never figured it out. <laughs> and that's why they kept they're like, no, we don't have it. And I finally went around and around with them and about 45 minutes in, they finally said, okay, we'll take care of it. So we'll see right now. It's still on there. Wow. So, but I think at this point, I mean, and again, I'm not advocating stealing, obviously, but I feel like at this point, you've done all you could do yeah. other than just show I'm up. up to almost two hours on the phone with them. Right. I think you two I, hours of my time, 600 bucks is about right. <laughs> oh, I wish I had that Austin money, man. Right. But, but I do think that you, I think at this point that you could probably have a pretty clear conscience if it never goes away that you did, you did, you did more than any normal person would do. Well, let's just say this way. If it doesn't happen, there will be a $600 opening day fan duel contest. I'm entered tomorrow. <laughs> have you ever had any other weird, have you ever had any other weird bank mistakes happen like that? No, the closest I came to that was, and I don't know if I've told you this story because it was a long time ago. I was playing at the, the Golden Nugget and I walked down to buy into a poker game and it was 
like 5 a.m. and they only had one table going <clears throat> and the guy said, hey, someone's about to leave, just hang out. And I tried to give him, I think it was like $400 for chips. And he was like, oh, we'll just do that once you get to the table. And I was like, okay. So a seat opens up, I go sit down, he brings me $400 in chips and sets them down in front of me and I never gave him any money. <laughs> And then I like was walking around like leaving and I reached in my pocket. I was like, oh, that I mean, that it, for somebody that uh, a business that really thrives on the count, always being right. That's almost unbelievable that a mistake yeah, like that. could. Get I felt made. really bad. But I mean, I was gone like we weren't staying there. I wasn't going to go back and make it. Oh, so you actually got away with that one then. As they said, well, I didn't realize it. Oh, so you were you were so long gone by the time you realized that it, what you couldn't go back. Yeah, like, no, it was like later that day I was, you know, we were wow. back on the strip and I was going through my my account and I was like, why are, and then it all kind of came back to me. So was that a, was, I'm assuming that was a situation where you didn't, you lost the money that they had given you, like you weren't leaving there as a winner? No, I think I, I mean, it wasn't much. I think I had a, a small win. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I've not, I've, I've never heard that story before. Yeah. I had this happen to me one time. I, uh, I was trying to get like a, a fair amount of money, like over $400 out of an ATM and that that's fine. Like that's within my limit, but it just didn't give me enough money. It, it spit out like $280 and I had asked for 400 and, and it said 400 on the receipt and it just didn't give me enough money. And I was really concerned that I was just out the, I was out the cash. And, um, I called the bank, same thing, you know, spent 45 minutes on the phone and they said, we'll open a case and review it. And sure enough, I mean, not within a week, they sent me a letter in the mail and said, we reviewed the case and you're right. You didn't get enough money out. So I guess they can go back and audit them what's in the machine and credited the difference back into my account. But yeah, that was a crazy one. Don't think of ATMs messing up. No, and but. then my my favorite one that's ever happened was probably about seven years ago. Somebody wrote a check to somebody else, not me, and it ended up getting deposited in my account. So I again did the right thing. How much? It wasn't much. That's the funny part. It was like for it was for less than twenty dollars, and it was a check. <laughs> and it was a deposited check, not written to me. Everything looked on the up and up that was deposited in my account because yeah, I could go online and view the check image. Here's yeah. the best part. Again, in a, in a uh, brutal fit of honesty, I call the bank and they said, okay, no problem. They, they removed the check. Well, what had happened is that whoever wrote the $17 check, the check actually ended up bouncing. So it showed up in my account. Then they moved it out of my account because it was not written to me. But I guess in their system, because the check bounced, then all of a sudden I got charged a $25 fee for a, an insufficient fund check return, even though it was written to me, which I guess I don't know of what that's about. And then it took me another two weeks to get them to remove that fee. So Because then I'm calling a bank and I'm saying, hey, you're charging me a bounce check fee for a check that's not in my account <laughs> that nobody actually wrote to me. That was a really wow. difficult one to explain. Thoughts and prayers to bounce on the seventeen dollar check guy. <laughs> so do we have to do we have to reintroduce the show? I was gonna say, should we just yeah, do, is this still episode one fourteen? So if you uh 
Well, actually, you people wouldn't know because I had enough time between when you your internet got disconnected to edit out everything that we didn't want on the show, but we thought we had lost Glenn for good this time. Diverticulitis didn't get him. The ACL tear didn't ACL tear didn't get him, but we thought this was it. Things were going well. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. And mark that down. 3254. Point break underscore Dave. Point break underscore Dave. Popping pills right now on camera. Yeah, he was he was getting a little agitated. So I hope your golf outing went well. You currently look like you're trying to kick a heroin addiction. I have you're, been in Austin for two days. Yeah, you're in that withdrawal for it withdrawal phase. That's hard to say for me. Yeah, so we got the we got the show in three different cities, but the next part of what we're going to talk about is is about a city, Glenn. So, uh, oh, okay. Did what you take a Did you take a minute while uh, while you were getting your router unplugged and replugged and all the different things needed to happen to go ahead and put your cup on? <laughs> sure, I don't I don't know what we're talking about. So we're gonna well we'll do a quick reset because we know that. While most of our listeners listen to and remember every show we do, there are some that are new to the new to the show, but the statute of limitations is officially up. So in 2016, we took a show trip to visit some baseball stadiums, and we, uh, as part of this trip, it included a day game at Camden Yards in Baltimore. Never been there. <laughs> <laughs> if this is how this whole thing is going to go, this is not going to be much fun. And... Uh, the day game got over, and we we found that the Baltimore did uh, did have a nice downtown casino that we decided to go um, spend some time at. There was a lot of funny uh, funny things that transpired while we were there. We got to eat at a Guy Fieri restaurant. Point Break Dave got so agitated that there was going to be a five minute wait for the table that he just left the restaurant to go gamble. But another thing that happened that night, if I recall correctly, was Texas was back that night. <laughs> Texas was back that night. That, That's uh, they were taking we, on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. We we found out firsthand that Texas was back. So I believe if I'm if I'm remembering this correctly, that was the first game of the season that that year. Is that correct? It was, and uh, and Notre Dame was pretty highly ranked preseason. They were yeah. they were thought to be a powerhouse in 2016. Yeah. I, I believe that uh, in hindsight, they ended up having a pretty pedestrian year. As did the Longhorns. It turns out this was a battle of like two seven and five teams that was being drastically over-celebrated by everyone involved. Right. But at the time, this felt like, this felt like it was big. So, uh, so yeah, while after, after the day's gambling had kind of settled down, we... Uh, well, and, and I should say we, Point Break Dave and Glenn 3 underscore 11 had retreated to the lobby bar. Was it in the lobby? It wasn't in the lobby, but it was right no, in the middle I, of the casino. It was yeah. in the middle of the casino because what happened was uh, you two guys and uh, a guy who swings at every first pitch um, had played in a poker tournament. Me and Paul Bearer went up there and watched you guys for about five minutes and we were like, this is dumb. Let's just go to the bar and watch the football game. And it the idea was going to be just a very casual, we're relaxed, we're hanging out, we're on vacation, as I was expecting a uh, 
you know, Notre Dame two touchdown win that I would just slowly kind of take in and, and just tolerate. And you could tell me it's not that bad. And I'd be like, okay, I'll be all right. <laughs> and that's, that's how I expected the night to go. But instead we got a like 51 to 45 overtime shootout that I'm just telling you, Maurice was pouring the drinks and he was pouring a lot of them. And as soon as he poured one, I finished one and said, sir, may I have another? And that's how things went for the better part of four hours, I would say. And, and if I'm not mistaken, overtime was also involved in this. Oh yeah, for sure. So yeah. yeah so if, if you were pacing or planning yourself for a four, four quarter game, that didn't exactly work out. And as the night progressed, the, the members of our traveling party was, slowly found their way into the bar. So where what started the first one down there, and I will say the word pacing was not <laughs> included in what was happening at all. And, and I think another important factor that maybe gets underreported in this story is that this was in the essentially the middle of our trip. So we had a big travel day the next morning, driving, I think, to Washington, D.C. next. So this this was by no means a night where you could say, well, I'm going to tear it up. And then I've got the entire day to recuperate at the hotel. In fact, no, I think we had a three and a half hour car ride ahead of us the next morning. Yeah. And by the time Dave walked down, I mean, I was already telling everyone that I was going to live forever. And the fake Paul bearer was just sitting there just laughing at everything going on, just casually nursing whatever drink that he had. And Dave and Dave was desperately trying to catch up to you. If I remember. Oh yeah. And well, that, I also had a huge DraftKings NASCAR sweat. That's going. right. That's right. And so I was pretty excited at the moment, yeah. too, even though I didn't care that much about UT. <laughs> <laughs> and this segment is not about Point Break Dave, but I think his night ended, uh, I was sharing a room with him, I think his night ended with him vomiting in the bathtub in our hotel room. If I'm well, not that's mistaken. also, that's how his night ended. Before we even got to that part, we need to mention that it was... We were not kicked out of the casino, but once that football game ended and um, uh, a fellow patron that I was kind of wagering with during the course of the game and the final wager was if Texas or whoever won the game, one guy had to buy the other guy a shot. Right. Texas wins. He buys me a shot of what I believe was tequila in the most... In the biggest shot glass I could ever possibly imagine. Well, you and Dave. Yeah. And in, in there, one of the audio clips we're about to review will, will include your assessment of the size of the shot glass. So, Yeah, but I, my recollection is that that's what it was. There was a lot of it. I drank it, but it to me at the time, it was basically like drinking water. <laughs> and I remember... Getting the bill, one thing the next morning that I was paranoid about is I thought I had either not paid and walked out of there, or I signed everything, but then I left my credit card at the bar. So that was the first panic of the next, uh, the well, next day. But after after you realized you were still alive. I think the first panic right. was that you thought you were going to die. But now, then after that, it was, it was highly suggested that we go ahead and leave the casino yes. because I wanted to go gamble, and the people with the casino were like, I think it's best if you just get him out of here. Yeah. So that yeah, that was the part I didn't know if you remembered. So they they were not they were not rude, and we were certainly not thrown out of the casino. But by one of the floor managers, because you were you were after the game, you were ready to go play some three card poker. I believe is what you were saying. And 
a person pulled me aside looking uh, as the voice reads by and said, I, I think that it would be best if you went ahead and got your friend home. And I said, yes, sir, That's uh, we're headed to the valet stand right now. Yeah, so and my memory ends right there, and then it picks up with me in the hotel room, possibly texting you guys, I might need some help. <laughs> there's a, there's so, so what we're about to discover is what happened in the window that I don't remember. So we've got four different audio clips we're going to review. Um, and when these were put in uh, September 5th, 2016 in the phone, they were all given titles. So I'm going to read you the title of the audio <laughs> clip. And then we're going to review and discuss. I, I think I've got these sequenced in the right order, but uh, I'm not... If I play them out of order, I apologize. But but to kind of set the stage, we were in a minivan. We had gotten in the minivan from the valet stand at the casino. And we're now making our way back to our hotel downtown Baltimore. Glenn is riding high, uh, just consumed the shot. So the um, the first clip we're going to review, the title that I had put in my phone for this. And, and guys, don't panic because we're gonna you're going to hear some real names in here, but we will bleep those out. So... Don't panic on that. And uh, the first one is called My Heart Hurts. 31 <laughs> seconds of audio. So here we go. Oh, hold on. Whoop, gotta back it up here. And here we go. Oh, man. Whatever that shot was that got Bob Forrest, it was like straight ga- gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> it was like eight ounces. Oh, my God. I drink in one second. <laughs> my heart hurts. <laughs> Was it uh, what was it? It was it was Jose Cuervo, but it was like oh. so full, man. It was the biggest shot like, I've ever seen. I'm in pain right now. <laughs> so that's the first thing. I'm in pain right now. My heart hurts. It's true. I'm the victim here. <laughs> okay, so then the uh, the next one is some debate about directions and what I think is happening here you can hear several voices of people in our traveling party I think Mr. Sandwich factors into this one but he's supposed to be Mr. Sandwich is supposed to be navigating to the hotel but he's flipped his phone off of maps to record you and then there's some concern that we might have driven by our hotel the title of this clip is what's the name of my room (laughs) this is a minute Are all those cop cars in front of our hotel? I hope not. Oh no, my god. Let <laughs> drive. Just the last little bit. Oh, See how it goes. That's close. <laughs> that's close. <laughs> that was close. How, how far to the hotel is oh, It can't be can far. Can navigate from here? <laughs> no, like six percent. Uh, a couple more blocks. Okay. Verified. Verified. Lord Baltimore. <laughs> This audio recording is more important than uh, the map, so. (laughs) Me and are going to go hit the clubs. Dude, no doubt. (laughs) What's the name of the first guy that told us where to go? Uh, What's the name of my room? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you're actually right. (laughs) 1502. Right. Yeah, See? yeah, 1502, you're actually right. And then that also, our joke that we always tell that we forgot, it's I need there, I might need some help in room 1502. So 
We got that, that was true at the time. Struggling. So this next one, you guys are going to have to help me on. The title of this one is I Don't Know Anything, but I believe in this one it's referenced that you might have tried to goose an old lady. I don't think she was an old lady. I think oh, okay. She was just, <laughs> just a lady? <laughs> she, she was just a lady. So I, tell I, me what happened here, because I, I didn't hear told. this part of the story. What was the What was the genesis of this? I don't know. I was told that uh, on the way out of the casino that possibly we walked beside or behind someone and I made some sort of gesture towards them. But again, I don't remember. So I have enough plausible deniability that I can say this didn't happen, but go ahead and play your audio or whatever you got. Here we go. (laughs) I don't care. I'll bet you $20. That guy doesn't have an NBA. (laughs) Wait, does Elsa drove give him Hotel bar. <laughs> I mean. Oh my god. Dude. <laughs> you, you almost goose that old lady. Remember that? I don't know anything. <laughs> and I won twenty dollars. <laughs> So there's a couple of a couple of points in that one. One is I don't know anything, but two is just the whole time, like in the background, you're just making all these really labored breathing <laughs> sounds. You're just <gasps> <gasps> like I just can't tell like if you're so excited about Texas that your heart's just beating out of your chest, or if you're if you're that worried that um that yeah, if you don't if you don't keep moving, like you're gonna die. Like you're in, you know, you're in that kind of a state of panic. Well. It's probably a little bit of both. Has your heart ever hurt before? I don't. You may not know what that really feels like. I, I, I clearly don't. Clearly, walked don't. a mile in my shoes. <laughs> and I here's lost the internet. I mean, I just traveled back to 1993 during the course of this podcast. I mean, I've I've been through enough. And here's here's the last one. This one's titled WTF, and it's not titled WTF because we didn't know what to title. It's titled WTF because you scream. WTF, and what I think you're trying to do, as best I can tell when I analyzed this earlier today, is instruct us to use the valet park at the hotel. The girl that was with Harry Potter <laughs> over on the other side. <laughs> oh, valet! <laughs> Woo! WTF! WTF? I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Go ahead and get out. Make your way to 1502. I'll take your car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Man. So it was valet, the Ric Flair woo, WTF, I don't even know. And then I'm trying to be nice and be like, look, get out of the car, go to room 1502, and you're like, hotel bar. <laughs> There's and no and way I, they would have served you at the hotel bar. closed. There's no and way they would have served you. Is my favorite person. And I yeah, stand by I want, that. I won the night for sure. I got my own room, which I almost died in. Uh, slept slept face down, so I didn't Jimi Hendrix there in uh, in Baltimore, and we made it. We made it to today. So has the hope you're happy. <laughs> has the uh, has the woman that uh, that lives with you ever seen you this far gone? Um, yeah, in Vegas. <laughs> one time because she references that um uh, in that setting and in that state of mind i get real instructive or instructional on like how you should bet and what you should do or maybe about- what what valet parker you should use yeah. 
or like five, but I'm talking five times louder than you should <laughs> as I'm telling her how to play this hand of blackjack. <laughs> so that's real. Uh, that's real fun for her. Yeah, I was. Uh, this goes way, way back. But yeah, I was told that I needed to stop talking or leave by her, not by the <laughs> casino. They were everybody else was just laughing at me. But yeah, she's probably seen that a time or two. Now, will anyone see that ever again? No, because September whatever twenty sixteen, we raised the we raised the banner and <laughs> retired the number for that type of thing. I think, quite literally. Um, if people go back and listen to what I believe is episode 31 loose change, that is the only thing since then has even come close to that level. Otherwise I have, I have sobered up. So to maybe we'll get a repeat at WrestleMania 36, 2020. Well, I don't know how long, how long is the show? It feels like seven or eight hours. It'd be like at least six hours. I think. Yeah. Oof. I don't know. We'll uh, we'll see. You obviously didn't get it at the Royal Rumble, so well, it's because you we couldn't were... walk. Well, yeah, that's true. That would have been a really bad idea at the time. So, yeah, um, I don't remember a lot of that. Yeah, so the, a lot of that I have no idea. So, so kind of yeah, and we have we've obviously covered this in detail. I don't remember the episode number. the The title of the episode was just the trip. We we covered the whole the whole uh, scene in in great detail, but but just to give some closing facts, there were some very dark text messages sent by Glenn later that night about legitimate concern about his mortality. And then the next morning, we had agreed upon a time to meet in the lobby, and Glenn didn't arrive. And then we started to really become concerned that uh, we might have to send somebody up to check to do a welfare check. But then right. When we thought all hope was lost in his Bryce Harper t-shirt jersey. <laughs> Here he comes down in the lobby. He sat in silence for three and a half hours in the car, never said a word. Went to his hotel room in Washington, D.C., slept until it was time to go to the game. Went to the game and then immediately checked himself into the in-game <laughs> hospital tent to get a, a blood test. Okay, that's not completely accurate. I think I made it to like the fourth or fifth inning, and then I went to see if I could get some free Gatorade somewhere. And instead, they basically just gave me water, and I explained to them that I was hungover. They're like, yep, that don't happen. You need anything else? No, <laughs> not really. I got to go get a little batting helmet for my kid. So, yeah, fun times. Fun times, but yeah. So the statute of limitations three years later, finally up. Um, audio that we've been waiting to review. What a great way to kick off year year four of Tell Me Where to Turn, but to confront you with that audio, now all we need is f for you to do something in the next calendar year to top that. Mm, I think that is... I think that's highly unlikely. I think I just can't. I can't take it anymore. We just need to appreciate that we saw it once. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, I think the... Uh, do you still have any of the video of the theatrics during the game? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, do you have that audio? Let me see, I, actually. I, I know. I vividly remember having a video of you <laughs> pointing at the TV very demonstratively and saying, what's this guy's deal? <laughs> to some new Notre Dame player. Yeah, Man, I remember... 
Well, one of the things one of the things we didn't talk about too was the whole dynamic with the other guys because it was all members of the community and then you yeah. at the bar. And, and we had great great interaction. I thought because the one guy kept trying to hustle me because he kept trying to bet me on like whether they're going to get a first down or if the team's going to score on this drive. And I was like, man, I'm not, I'm not falling for that. We can, you know, wager something on who's going to win the game, but I'm not getting caught up in all this other stuff. But we were, he's rooting for one side, I'm rooting for the other. And I can remember like emphatically celebrating incomplete passes, like right in the guy's face. And as I look back, I'm like, they, they, it had to have been just a big joke to them because how did this guy not get upset at some point in time? Well, here's some audio. I can't promise great quality, but we'll see what we can come up with. It could be cut out. First down! The funny part of this that only I can appreciate is you're right up in the guy's face while you're screaming first down, and then you're doing something with your hands over your lips while you're doing it. So I don't know what. I was. It was at the end of the game, and I, he we already bet the shot bet, and I was telling him basically I could already taste the shot basically, <laughs> and I'm like, there's no way that I'm more than a foot or foot and a half away from the guy's face. No, you're right up in the guy's it. face. One time. And one more, one more, one more. I think this is the last play. I think this is the winning play where Dave and I embrace. I think this is it. I think this is the winning touchdown. Extended embrace. They were back up all day. Oh my. Oh my. Oh my god! He owes me Me too! Me too! Yeah. And if yeah, only we would have known uh, that that shot that Dave screaming, Me too. Would have ended up in our bathtub. Yeah, not cleaned I, uh, up. As I get drunker, my voice gets higher. Apparently, <laughs> so it's a that's a real good trait of a man. Huh. What? Thing. what a legendary <laughs> performance! Me too. Me too. And then and I like within this. two minutes, getting escorted out of the casino, Glenn did something very anti. Me too. <laughs> I just I like how that starts off that everyone's agreeing on they should really run the touchdown play here. <laughs> Actually my favorite part. <laughs> oh, oh, all right, so, gentlemen. So when I lost internet, did you guys talk any wrestling or has this been a non-wrestling no, episode? We we are going to we are going to wrap 114 with no wrestling talk, but that's actually good because Dave hasn't watched any wrestling this week. So I told you. Yeah. Austin trip got in my way. I watched the first hour and a half of Raw, but Okay, well, we got to hold back because next week's episode, assuming I still have internet, will be not completely about WrestleMania, but there'll be plenty yeah. of a WrestleMania preview. But we're at the very end of the road to WrestleMania, so there will be more, a little more wrestling talk than usual. 
We're at the valet, WTF. 